What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have a Courtney Rogers on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Courtney, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Hi, Shelly. Well, thanks so much for having me on. You know, when I was experiencing my miscarriage, I love podcasts and I was looking uh, just for some some support. Um, and I, I looked up just miscarriage on on some podcasts and I, I found you and it's been so helpful. So thanks so much for doing this for other women uh, and letting us share our stories. So I'll jump right into it. So my husband and I were married on February 2nd, 2019, a beautiful winter wedding. And, um, you know, my whole life I've wanted to be a mother. It, it wasn't um, something that I decided when I got older, you know, when I was young, it was, I didn't want to uh, be a biologist or a doctor. I, I wanted to be a mom. And so I was eager to uh, get trying, but together we decided to wait. Um, we had to wait at least six months. We actually um, honeymooned to Thailand and there was Zika present in Thailand. So we had to wait at least six months. Um, and then we ended up uh, purchasing a, a second property. Uh, so we decided to wait a year in total to conceive. And during this time, I had had some health issues. So um, in, I believe it was in 2018, I had to have a surgery. It was called the LEAP procedure to remove uh, precancerous cells from my cervix. So they actually found during a PAP, which um, to everybody listening, very important to get those PAPs every year. Uh, I was a stage away from cervical cancer, which is was very scary. So in 2018, I had that surgery done. And ever since that, I kind of um, always had really irregular periods. I'd go for months without one. There was nothing normal. And so, you know, I knew I had this about this year time frame before we wanted to conceive that I wanted to kind of um, get into my doctor, see what was going on. So because I had this surgery, because I was having such irregular periods, I was very lucky. They allowed me to do the fertility investigations, which typically you cannot get done until you've been trying to conceive for a year. And so I was really lucky. I got that down uh, done. And, and through that, they actually found that I wasn't ovulating at all. And so I said to my husband that I felt so lucky that I was able to find that out now versus these women, these warriors that have to try for so long until they find out uh, something as simple as not ovulating. So I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome through that process and prescribed metformin. Um, I heard before that uh, my doctor told me it's kind of can be like the miracle drug for some women. And it was really, it really worked for us because um, we were so lucky. We got pregnant on the first go, um, which I was shocked when um, we saw the pregnancy test because honestly, we were both assuming it was going to take us months uh, to get pregnant. So the fact that we got pregnant on the first time was, was awesome and um, scary, but you know, really exciting. This dream was coming true for me that I, for 31 years, have had wanted. Um, and so we were excited. Um, and uh, the other thing was, it was um, very recent for us. So this was only just a few months ago. So 
it was a little scary as well because we, you know, are in the middle of a global pandemic with COVID-19. So there was some fear around being pregnant during that time. And um, just even getting to doctors uh, to get the HCG test and everything was tough because, you know, they weren't doing anything in person. Uh, so we kind of had to deal with that. But again, we were so uh, humble and blessed that we were pregnant and, and we were really excited. Um, and then we found out, um, about, I guess it was about uh, just a few days later, I actually found out that we were pregnant on my 31st birthday. So that was a pretty kind of exciting thing as well. And then we had, um, a zoom call with my family about a week later. And we also found out that my brother and his wife were uh, expecting as well. So we were, you know, so excited that we got to go. We actually got married around the same time as well. So we are excited to just be able to go through this with them. And um, we found out, you know, not only were they expecting one baby, they were actually expecting identical twins. Um, so again, you know, super exciting. And, uh, you know, but then about, I guess it was uh, about eight weeks, um, I woke up and it was like, it was on a Friday, I can remember it. And my symptoms had just disappeared. I was really nauseous, um, like my breasts were really tender. And I woke up and it was just gone. Um, and I just knew, call it like mother's intuition. I just knew that something was wrong. It wasn't, you know, I was on every online forum and, and some people say symptoms come and go, but I just, I just felt it. Um, and then the next day I started spotting. And so it took me until, so that was a Friday. So it took me until Sunday to go to, I went to the ER. So, uh, I'm from Ontario, Canada and in Canada, you have the choice of, um, who you want to be followed by. So you can choose um, a midwife, an OB, or your own GP. And I was being followed by a midwife. And uh, as they kind of explained to me after I went through all of this, they can help you in the first 20 weeks, but um, not as much as maybe uh, like your local GP. So I ended up just on that Sunday, I was still spotting, uh, cramping a little bit, but I had cramped since the beginning of my pregnancy. So it wasn't anything to um, above and beyond. So I decided just to go to, um, our ER, which again, during COVID-19, um, unfortunately I couldn't even take my husband with me. So I was, what I, I, I assumed I was experiencing some sort of issue. And so to have to go alone, that was a terrible thing to begin with. So I went to the ER and I come from a small town where we only have an ultrasound technician on for so many hours a day. So I went in on a Sunday night, they did the blood work, but they said, unfortunately, the ultrasound tech had left. So they couldn't do anything for me. They checked the, I believe it's called the RH, the blood type. Um, and that was fine. They were wondering if that was causing the spotting. Um, and so I ended up just having to go home and they really could not do anything for me. And then they said they ordered a, like a stat ultrasound. So on Monday morning, I was lucky enough to be able to call back and go. And same thing, I had to go alone, um, you know, had to wear a mask. And then I had to go back to the ER to get the results, had to wait uh, for that as well. And then, you know, the doctor calls me and he takes me into kind of this little room where they have comfortable chairs and and boxes of Kleenex. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is happening. This is, this is happening. This is the worst thing ever. And so, um, he said, I was supposed to be eight weeks. He said the ultrasound, uh, tech, they showed the baby at six weeks, two days, and that there was no heartbeat. But he said, 
to be cautiously optimistic because um, the heartbeat tends to start developing around that six week mark. So he said it, the ultrasound, it looked okay. There was no kind of fetal distress in it. So it could still be fine. Um, and so I kind of, again, left with that information still being dragged on. So this is now, this all started Friday. Now this is Monday. Um, and so my doctor, my GP had gotten those results and had gotten in touch with me and said, let's do a 48 hour repeat of the HCG. Because as most know, your HCG levels, which is the pregnancy hormone, should raise at least um, double in 48 to 72 hours. And so I went for, so I had blood work on Sunday and then I went back for blood work on Tuesday. And then of course um, it takes time to come back, but uh, the lab that I use, they do online results. So it was Wednesday morning. I had woken up um, early because obviously I was very anxious during this time. And I accessed the results online and saw that my HCG had dropped from 11,000 to 7,000. So then, you know, right there, I knew that it was a miscarriage. It was happening. Nothing physically had happened other than the spotting. So I was kind of just left sitting at home. You know, my husband was still sleeping and I knew that it was happening, but I felt so helpless because I couldn't get in touch with my doctor. Um, you know, obviously they're busy, you, nothing had happened yet. So, um, I just kept calling, 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 and then I got an appointment finally with her on Thursday. So again, this is still going from Friday to Thursday. I've just like, they were the worst days. It was, it felt like time was standing still. I felt so helpless. I felt so alone. I knew what was happening. And then um, on Sunday, it just, uh, sorry, on Thursday, uh, when I had that doctor's appointment, it was virtual. Um, but by the time I actually got to that appointment on Thursday afternoon, my body had kind of uh, just taken over and started doing its own thing. And so um, it started with almost, I've never had um, a child before, so I've never experienced contractions, but I'm assuming this is something similar too. And it was kind of waves of really, really intense cramping, like every two minutes. Um, and so uh, I ended up just passing the baby here at home um, by myself, uh, which, you know, was traumatic in itself, uh, to be very honest. And, um, and then I got on the phone with my doctor and, you know, I explained what had kind of happened. And she said that she was uh, confident that it was a complete um, miscarriage at home. And, um, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's kind of how it happened. And I guess, you know, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I know this is life after miscarriage, so it's not necessarily about the miscarriage itself, but kind of what's happened after. And I'm only five weeks out. And I guess all I can say is that grief has been unpredictable. Uh, I didn't know, I've never experienced uh, pregnancy loss before. It was my first pregnancy. Um, and I'd never kind of uh, experienced this kind of grief before. And, and I've had um, some good days and I've had some really bad days. I've had some bad weeks. Um, trying to grieve during a, a global pandemic has been terrible. Uh, you know, normally when I'm sad, I, I get out with my friends, I, I continue my routine, I go to work and I've been, you know, working from home and I've been staring at the same four walls for five weeks. 
and just feeling like I'm stuck kind of on a carousel. And I just, you know, not being able to kind of uh, move forward. And, and during that as well, we, um, we also had Mother's Day that has passed in the last few weeks. And um, that was a hard day as well, because we were planning on telling our, our parents that we were uh, expecting. Um, so only my husband and I knew and my one close friend that we were expecting. And um, so I ended up having to uh, tell, we ended up having to tell our parents um, that not only were we pregnant, but we also lost that baby. And um, I am very, very close with my parents. Um, and I honestly don't know who cried more. Uh, my mom, my dad, or me when I told them. And it's just, uh, you know, it's also been challenging as well with um, my uh, brother and his wife expecting their babies as well. It's, um, it's just been a really complicated grief. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have said to me, they don't know uh, what to say. They don't know how to help. Um, some people have, like in other women have talked about this, some people say awful things and because I just don't, I think they just don't get it. Um, and some people have done and, and said the right things. Um, but I, I try to give those people, you know, some, some credit because again, I think until you're there, um, you don't know what it feels like. And so I think, you know, for me moving forward, I, I hope that I'm able to help another woman who's experiencing this and be able to say kind of the right things. Because, you know, I, I remember one time um, I did seek out therapy in the last couple of weeks. And I remember one time saying to my therapist, they say the statistic is one in four. Where, like, where are these women? Because not a lot of people talk about it. And it's just, I have never felt, although my husband has been wonderful and he's been here beside me the entire time, um, I've never felt so alone in my life. Um, and, you know, so I, I decided to um, go public with the, with the miscarriage as um, I've always been a pretty public person and I, I tend to do things that I feel will help other people in the future. So I, I put my miscarriage up uh, publicly on social media and I was inundated with women in my life reaching out who had experienced a miscarriage and people that have gone on to have, uh, you know, beautiful rainbow babies. And, you know, so it was helpful to know that, you know, we aren't alone. Um, but it's just, you know, during all of this, you certainly can feel, um, really alone. And so, uh, that's kind of my story. I love that you have found some purpose in it. Um, I'm the same way where it's like, okay, well, if this happened, I want to be able to help somebody, you know, like that's kind of my yeah, way of it, dealing with it, I guess. <laughs> totally. Right. And, and it, it's interesting though, because when I did go kind of public about it, um, I got some kind of interesting kind of eyebrow raises at me uh -huh. and I, and I, and I was like, but it's 2020. I know. Why should women have, why should I have to sit and live in my pain, my unbearable pain at, at what it did feel like in these last moments and be alone? What, like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. we shouldn't be ashamed. And, you know, and that's, I'm so thankful. Never once have I felt like it was my fault. Like mm -hmm. I did something wrong. Um, I had the one point I didn't, uh, during the ultrasound, they found two subchloronic that's how you say that, um, bleeds. And so, you know, it just never was right from the beginning. So yeah, like I just wanted to share because I was thankful because I had before this even experience I had, there were women who had shared with me just through other conversations 
And so when it happened to me, I knew right away I had somebody to reach out to. Mm-hmm. I knew I had somebody in my corner. And so I just wanted to be that for, for someone else. Yeah. And it is kind of sharing is therapeutic and it's not for everybody. And I, you know, I recognize mm-hmm. that. And, and I saw a great quote and it says, you know, whether you share or not, you're, you're still brave. And I, you know, I believe yeah. that as well. Not everyone that's not right for everybody, I guess. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that quote. Uh, no, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? So, um, I just wrote down and, you know, I had so many and I've been given, oh my gosh, I've been given every piece of advice, I think in the book by people. And so I think mine to others and to other women who are experiencing miscarriage is just be kind to yourself through the healing process because self-care is not selfish. And this is something that I've had to learn through this experience. I've always been a giver. I've always been somebody who focuses on other people and does things for other people and cares about how other people feel. But through this, I really just had to focus on me and, you know, and my husband and, and what we needed at this time and put ourselves first above other people. And I think that that is okay. As, as women, we, I think it naturally, we feel bad for, being not even selfish, but, you know, self-care and um, thinking about ourselves before others. And so I just think during such a traumatic experience, it's really important to just be kind to yourself and and allow yourself to feel the things you're feeling. And, um, you know, that no, it doesn't matter whether, you know, you miscarried at at six weeks or you miscarried at, um, you know, 30 weeks. um, Grief knows no timeline. And it's just yeah, just be kind to yourself, I think. Yes. And how are you, like, if you don't mind me asking, like, how are you doing self-care? Like, what does that look like for you, especially during like a pandemic? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, my, my thing, like we I'm can't such, go get a massage, you know? <laughs> no, exactly. And you know, my, my thing is, is my people. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm such an extrovert. I love my friends. I, I love my coworkers. And, and to me that would have been self-care. And, you know, so it's been, um, just a lot of phone calls, um, you know, a lot of curbside visits when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, um, I think it's not even like for me, the physical of the self-care of the massages and of stuff like that. Although I have been the like mental. getting out running, it's the mental, it's, yeah. it's giving myself permission to feel what I want to feel. So for instance, um, my uh, brother, they had um, a really small uh, intimate gender reveal and I, I wasn't sure that I was ready for that yet. I mean, it's only been four weeks. It had only been four weeks at that point. So, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, just that self-care, I gave myself permission to not attend. Yeah. And, and that was okay. And it it was kind of, um, I felt relieved in a sense. And so that is, you know, there are self-care that are those physical things that massage the physical activity, getting outside. I've been doing a lot of gardening. Um, we planted a part of that, uh, we planted, a butterfly bush for the baby in our um, garden here at home. And that was a bit of uh, the process um, and therapy. That's been a, a big thing that I've done for self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just nice to talk to somebody who, um, you know, understands the process of grief and has kind of uh, helped me through it as well. And I, I really, there's no shame in therapy and I really uh, encourage anybody. There's lots of support out there. And I know financially therapy can be expensive. Um, and so, you know, there are lots of different options for that as well. That's a big self-care portion as well. <laughs> That's helped me through. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. If somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Uh, so just uh, Courtney Rogers on Facebook or uh, Courtney.i.rogers on Instagram. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Uh, thank you so much, Courtney, for jumping on and sharing. I really appreciate it. All the women listening appreciate it. And uh, it's definitely going to help some people. So I yeah, and I appreciate you're all awesome. the thanks. And I appreciate all the women before me because, you know, when I was really in, I say that depths of despair, um, just listening and, and doing exactly what you said, that crying, laughing, um, along with the other women and their stories, they, a lot of them just gave me hope. And I think mm-hmm. through this, that's what I really needed was just some hope. So thanks to the women that shared before me, because I think they're awesome as well. <laughs> yes, I agree. I always say I couldn't do it without everybody else. So, um, yeah, keep us, keep us posted and we'll talk soon. Definitely. Thanks so much, Shelby. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.